This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag and the FFPC. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and joined once again by Sean Siegel uh, as we get ready here for what we hope will be the, the 2020 NFL season and look at it from a uh, fantasy football perspective uh, through the Rotoviz lens. Um, Sean, it's uh, it's you know uh, we've been really wrapping through the the shows over the last um couple of couple of months i guess we've been in the two shows a week and i've just uh, come into my mind as we started to record this one this is episode 120 so still still racking up those numbers seems like no time since episode 100 was in the books so uh, happy episode 120 to you <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. This offseason has been exactly what I, I think we needed to get through some of the things going on here. I'm currently recording from Arizona, the coronavirus uh, capital of the world. The wildfires have, have finally been mostly put under control. We had the monsoon start the other night, getting a little bit of rain. So things hopefully heading in a decent direction. We have lots of listeners out there who are going through a very difficult times of their own. We're rooting for you hopefully listening here and participating in the entire community of fantasy football you know on the website through things like sfb i think that fantasy can be not just a fun competition but it can be a community hopefully people are enjoying that speaking of something that's a lot of fun obviously we got a lot of great ffpc leagues going on out there and we'll go ahead and start today with ffp stat attack and i wanted to look at one of my favorite guys here in terms of Jarvis Landry. Landry started his career with a 189-point rookie season, so he was playable right away, was the wide receiver 30 that season. In the five years since, he's recorded three wide receiver one finishes, never finished outside the top 20 wide receivers. He's currently going at wide receiver 30, which is what he did, again, as a rookie, which is the end of the sixth round in FFPC redraft leagues. Perhaps he's someone who's going to feature in when we look at uh, some good values later in the show. Yeah, and I think he's just, I don't know. Is he the most, like there's, we talk about undervalued players a lot. Is Jarvis Landry over the last five years one of the most uh, underrated, uh, especially at the wide receiver position? He's got to be. He's, he's a fun player to watch as well. One of the, the feistiest, most ferocious players out there now. Obviously, you do want those blocks to be legal, but <laughs> someone you know will go out there, will block for you, will fight to the finish. And I think that this Browns team might finally be ready to turn the corner. We'll talk a little bit about that, how that might finish 
uh, might work into his fantasy value, also a little bit the reality value when we look at a couple of these values here. Yeah, and of course, uh, the FFPC stat attack is brought to you by the FFPC, the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Baseball, and of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join the league, head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Sean, you teased it there. We were trying to hold back. I probably put a bit of pressure on you with the second question about Landry, but we can now go into it and look at some of these players so uh your article this week uh, titled love robert woods but don't want to pay for him uh try these two cheaper alternatives with identical profiles and like i do love robert woods i'll be the first to, to hold my hand up and, and say that we talked about cooper cup on the show earlier this week love both of those guys think think they're both in for for big seasons this year but there's a couple of uh interesting alternatives at a discount so uh, you you mentioned there jarvis landry so I guess we'll talk about Landry first and uh, we'll jump into the second option after. But Landry, you know, has just dominated. And as you mentioned in the FFPC stat attack, it's been consistent uh, ever since he came in as a rookie. Uh, One thing he did do, uh, over the last couple of years as we have seen a little bit more in his yards per reception which is always the the knock on him in his early time in miami was you know pretty much you know n- very 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 short a, a dot uh, for him there so when we look through it um he had a down offense last year i guess we called the hype was truly at a, at a very very uh, big level for the browns heading into last season there was some super bowl buzz about the browns that obviously didn't come to fruition but you have jarvis landry you have odell beckham uh, and obviously baker mayfield is a quarterback of that offense so we're looking at what he can do heading into this season and you know can he go and get those numbers again now if you're looking at historically um you would have to say that it's likely that we're going to to see him hit those numbers but when when we look back into it um what's your thoughts on on him heading into 2020 would you be confident in the the outcome being very similar to what we've seen in his career so far yeah, I think so. And I think the first thing that we want to do here is look at Robert Woods. He, he's sort of the focal point of the article in terms of talking about what if we want Robert Woods, but we want that production a little bit less expensively. And the first thing we have to do then is be fair to Woods and say, look, this is the guy who has three consecutive finishes between wide receiver 18 and wide receiver 14 from a per game basis and he's now wide receiver 18 this year. So that looks like a very fair price, right? We look at that time period, he ranks number nine at the position in both targets and yards and his position his perception going into 2020 would probably be even higher if not for this epic td drought that he had right from week 16 in 2018 to week 14 last year he went 12 consecutive games without finding the end zone and so when you're looking at the first half of 2019 he had eight weeks in which he was only above a wide receiver three once and so the question was more, is Robert Woods done? The answer was definitely not. He came roaring back almost exclusively wider receiver two or better weeks over the second half of the season. Four of his last five weeks scored 20 points or more. And that fast finish is really fueling his ADP. Now it's in a fair range, but if we want to get values, if we want to get almost identical players for less then we have to go through and we have to try and figure out who has these identical profiles. And one of the ways that we can do that is we can pull up a tool we talked about a lot on the show on Tuesday, and that's the range of outcomes tool. And interestingly enough, the two guys that I kind of had in my head when I was looking at the ADP draft grid as being potential guys, then you pull up the RO and you find, okay, yeah, the tool thinks that they're absolutely identical. 
Those two guys, as you've been discussing, Jarvis Landry, other person who <laughs> favor the show, Tyler Boyd, it's really eerie when you look at the projection that the range of outcomes machine has for them. Almost identical in targets, right around eight, almost identical in receptions, 4.8 to 5, almost identical in yards. They're being projected at 62, 62, and 61, respectively, and then almost identical in touchdowns as well. And then that gives them low, median, and high projections that fall out at very, very similar levels. So then we look back specifically at Landry and we see, okay, all of these things that you were talking about last season definitely coming into play where with the Browns, he's been a slightly different kind of player than he was with the Dolphins, both for the good and the bad. He's being targeted a little bit deeper, but his target share is still up there around 26%. He set a new career high in yards per reception at 14.1%. You look at his overall profile here and you look at how he outperformed Beckham in some very important ways. And then I think that the discount that we're seeing with Landry is due to concerns maybe about, well, what if Beckham comes back completely healthy? What if some of these other guys start to take a little bit of that volume away? Surely Jarvis Landry can't be the target hog that he's been throughout his entire career again in 2020 in this offense. So that would be my question for you, Colin. Can he do this again? One of the things coming into play a little bit is the surgery on the hip and the recovery. Now, Dr. Budoff is saying that this is probably not a huge concern. Again, if you're looking at it purely from an injury discount perspective, you might want to take that. But then there are some other issues as well. Kareem Hunt coming out Once he joined the team last year in the second half of the season, he was getting an 18% target share. So the question that people have, again, can Landry maintain his elite target numbers if he's got to be competing with other guys? Now, the interesting thing, and we shouldn't necessarily take this as being predictive of what will happen in the future, but the splits for Landry with Kareem Hunt are actually awesome right? Once Hunt started playing last year, Landry was averaging more than 17 points a game before that he was just down at 12.3 so this is a a situation where finally having some playmakers around Landry could actually vault him to the next level so looking at this where are you on this team are the Browns about to break out could this be a situation where Landry is actually playing on the first good team of his entire career it could, it could well be. No, I, I do think that the Browns had just so many issues when we look back on last season and before the season, the hype that was around them was, you know, unsustainable really, um, based on where they were coming from to where they were expected to go. And I think they probably all, you know, in terms of the, the club itself, uh, probably faltered under that pressure a little bit much. Now, one of the, the bright lights of it would have been Jarvis Landry. And you mentioned there when Cream Hunt came in, um, I think it, it really started to open things up. The offense was really struggling uh, to start the season. I think having him in there, I mentioned it on the show earlier this week, you know, with the ability to, for quarterback to get those kind of short uh, short targets or short yards where you can pass it off to somebody like Kareem Hunt and we've seen when he was with the Chiefs, Chiefs sorry he was one of the most explosive backs in the entire NFL so I don't expect Hunt probably to have an 18% target share but I think what he did when he came in was open up what defenses had to do a little bit more than what they had to do previously and I think that opened up then things for Landry um, and I think we're going to see similar uh, the changes again at the, the the coaching positions can 
you know, put this all in flux again, put it up in the air. But the one thing we've seen with Landry is the consistency throughout his career. Um, you know, somebody who doesn't really have an issue with uh, drops, any opportunity he gets, he seems to to turn into production. And I think that we can we can see this team take a step forward. And I think there, there's room for everyone to improve in this offense, but there's definitely room for Landry to improve. We mentioned that the depth of target has improved, but it's nothing dramatic it's not he's never going to be that uh, consistent deep ball threat even though we'll see that from time to time now with him but i think that you know on those kind of between 8 to 15 yard routes he's going to get a lot of clear opportunities to catch the ball and i think that's going to continue to have him lead towards those opportunities i think that split with hunt in general is just to show that this team as a whole was much much better with hunt in there the the offense became much more functional um, and i think he was a real boost to bring in so i i think that the whole offense should be better um and that split with hunt would be leading into that effect i think hunt is also somebody that i'm targeting uh, in drafts uh, you know I, I think that there's upside a real real upside from him i know we like nick chubb but the, the pass catching ability of hunt is not matched by a lot of uh, running backs in the nfl um, so he is somebody that I think can take this uh, to the next level. What what are your what's your I guess concerns? Do you have the same concerns with the coach uh, change that we're seeing? Although it should be a positive, we don't know until those things happen. And then I guess with with Baker Mayfield, any concerns about him taking you know a step forward here? Because there's no doubt last season was definitely not what we were hoping for. I think any time that you have questions both with the head coach and with the quarterback, that's going to necessarily hurt the receivers. You don't want to have those questions when you're using a high draft pick. And that's where someone like a Robert Woods, where you have continuity at those two spots, might be someone who is preferred by the drafters. I do think that the flip side of that is that Jarvis Landry has been so good in such terrible situations throughout his career that owners are maybe not pricing <laughs> in the upside that he would have if things go right now we don't know that they will but we know that landry has been able to ha- handle some bad situations uh, to this point i would expect him to continue doing that and continue to give you a high floor if nothing else before we get into the second half of the show i want to let you know about our friends over at betonline.ag sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite sports teams and events and there's no better place to start than an exclusive partner bet online get on the action on this week's big ufc fighter check out the odds on nascar formula one or the premier league can't wait for your team to come back bet online has future odds for win totals division winners and even league championships or check out the daily simulations of madden and nba 2k to watch and wager on visit betonline.ag and use the promo code bluewire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code bluewire bet online your online wagering experts i'm dave cabin host of the rotoviz fantasy football podcast i wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting rotoviz radio we love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them as a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotoviz subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. The other player in this group, I think, has some similarities, right? Because we're looking at a still a very unsettled type of team with the Bengals. We're looking at a quarterback we all believe will eventually be a star, but we don't know how quickly that will happen. 
And then with Boyd, uh, we talked about on the show on Tuesday, uh, dealing with some potential target competition from uh, AJ Green, the former star, T Higgins, the rookie, John Ross, the former top 10 pick who is sort of fighting for his NFL life. That could hurt him. But one of the things that I think that you like here when you're looking at Boyd and looking at him as a discount version of Woods is that he again handled what was a terrible situation in 2019 so bad that Andy Dalton was the least efficient quarterback in football and yet they also benched him for someone who was even far worse right so the least efficient starter and then backup came in was so bad they ended up going back to Dalton at the end of the season when you look at Boyd he's in here with these three guys all of them are number 11 or better in terms of targets over the last two years they're all possession receivers they're all threats with balls in their hands sometimes we look at that depth of target and think okay well a a higher depth of target is better when really it's the combination of that with the target volume that tells the story right so if the depth of target increases but that cuts away from them being able to get this high target volume then it could hurt them that's one of the things that we saw with jarvis landry originally as a brown i think with the Bengals and with boyd we've got to be excited about how he is used the targets that he has and maybe that insulates him against some of these other receivers a little bit more the other thing is that he's been fantastic with the ball in his hands right and so robert woods tyler boyd they rank number two and number three in the entire nfl in total yards after the catch in the last two seasons and it's not a surprise for either guy right we saw boyd rush for over 500 yards in college woods has 36 carries and two rushing scores just in the last two years alone so we're talking about similar players boyd as a discount play on woods there and i think that uh, obviously uh, at this point we're so all in on boyd that maybe we're a little bit biased but when you look at what he did in college what he's done the last two years he's a very very safe player for 2020 even with all of the flux that the Bengals' offense is going through yeah and i agree and when you look then we didn't mention the adps in terms of where they're going off the board robert woods tends to be that wide receiver 18 just after cooper cup as you mentioned earlier um and that's going off the board in the kind of early fourth round then we look down to jarvis landry wide receiver 29 uh and and that sixth round and then at the start of the seventh round wide receiver 31 uh, and tyler boyd so you're getting basically a, a two to a two and a half round discount um on those guys as to where they're going off the board and i just think the like I mentioned, I love Robert Woods. I, there's no doubt I'm going to end up with Robert Woods on a number of teams uh, and, and redraft leagues this year. And I, I do have him uh, in quite a few of my uh, dynasty rosters. But I also have those two other guys. And I think at those values, um, I think they're, they're just like, you know, must adds to your to your rosters. Um, such consistent players, but also have that higher end upside. Um, and I, I just think that both of those are, are great options to get in there. And if you look at the players that are going in that range around Landry and Boyd as well, um, fellow Bengal AJ Green's going in that range. Um, you know, people still are hoping for uh, the comeback to happen. Uh, Michael Gallup's there, Marquise Brown's there, Will Fuller's there, Stefan Diggs there, Devontae Parker's there, uh, and Julian Edelman's there. So there is, there's a lot of question marks in that range. Um, and I think that two of the guys are most consistent, even though there's like other players um with probably better situations to be in a lot of those like digs moving offense uh you know different things to work out there so there's a lot of different situations um julian edelman as we talked about on the show earlier this week changing quarterback uh, lots of things happening there as well so i think there's a, a kind of a, a comfort level with those two guys but there's also the upside so 
excited to get those guys on rosters again this season i used the word again um, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a consistent thing over the last couple of years trying to get those two guys on those rosters um sean when we look then we move uh, on to our next piece we're going to look at Devonte parker who i mentioned there in that list uh, parker is somebody who had a breakout year last year as we all predicted uh in his fifth year and he did that with ryan fitzpatrick who we all predicted would be the <laughs> the man to make that breakout happen the, the miami dolphins last year were were definitely an entry an interesting watch um Devontae parker had some amazing games uh, throughout the season obviously you know fifth year breakouts not as common as some of the other breakout ages we would look at but you have two candidates who could follow in those footsteps um first of all your thoughts on Devontae parker i guess uh, do you expect that breakout to be a, a one season wonder or do you think that Devontae parker's here to stay in terms of fantasy production for the next couple of years parker's an interesting guy and obviously for anyone just just uh uh, checking in for the first time, you know, Colin mostly joking there about Parker. The fifth year breakout for him is very, very unusual, right? So one of the things that I like to do on the site and we talk about on the show each year, breakout wide receivers, they're the key to winning fantasy titles. You have to have them if you want to be competitive. You have to have them if you want the upside. But at the same time, you have to target the right guys because if you're targeting breakout players, you're essentially saying, I think that this guy who hasn't done it yet is going to do it now which if you take a bunch of players who haven't been good at the nfl level then that's a quick way to have a team that finishes dead last right so we want to understand (laughs) these breakouts we want to understand the things that lead to the breakouts and we want to understand the way in which different breakout classes have different characteristics and the interesting thing about players who break out in year five is that they're not at all like Devontae parker he's actually the first first round receiver in the last 20 years to break out as a fifth year player right only one other receiver in terms of fifth year breakouts was even selected in the top 50 whereas eight of the 15 were selected after pick 100 or not at all so this is really the range in which you're looking at those late round draft picks or undrafted former undrafted free agents really start to battle through they stuck on rosters they've managed the practice squad they moved into the regular roster they've hung around as the third or fourth receiver and then finally by the time they get to year five they're still there they're still showing what they can do and the team's like well i guess we have to play you now and the other thing that happens is that a lot of these guys are finally free to move to a team that really wants them nine of the 15 fifth year breakouts had just changed to a new franchise now that wasn't the case with parker but it's certainly something that we want to look for when we're targeting this group some of those other things that you mentioned the fifth year breakout wide receivers also have the worst subsequent year performances right so a wide receiver who breaks out in year one or year two those guys go on to average 199 points in their follow-up seasons when you consider all of the injuries that happen the natural regression that might happen from a player who is extremely efficient all of those types of things to consider 199 points as the average that really emphasizes the fact that those guys who break out early they're the true stars by contrast players who break out in year five they only average 167 points the following year now that doesn't mean that parker is doomed by any stretch because out of our fifth year breakout wide receivers 
the six guys with the highest point totals in that breakout season went on to repeat their 200 point seasons and sort of establish themselves as multiple year fantasy studs and a couple of the guys that uh, we might that might come to mind for that are julian edelman and adam thielen parker's 246 points slides right in between them so when you look at what he did when you look at the fact that parker is still very clearly going to be their number one and there's a lot of volume available the dolphins really taking the quarterback they've got their quarterback of the future they hope but they have a lot of work to to do to build around him at wide receiver at running back they'll be looking to do that in the future parker still looks like he will be the focal point so with some of those stipulations in place column i throw it back to you then where do you think that parker is going this next season and uh, is it interesting do you think that he was the guy who kind of broke this first round drought and, and again thinking about some of these first round players and what happens when you get to year five this isn't completely the same thing because obviously parker was although a bust he was more successful than these guys but fantasy owners are not expecting anything from Corey coleman josh Doxon, laquan treadwell in 2020 they would be sort of those first round guys uh trying to break out as year five again just sort of underlining how unusual it is how completely the former first rounders have busted if they haven't broken out by year five yeah the one thing about parker was uh throughout those early years there was always a couple of plays every year that you were like oh well there's there's something there you know it, it could all come together for him and he did that kind of every single season whether it was with ryan Tannehill or or different quarterbacks in the mix and you know coming in as you mentioned in, in the first round and a lot of expectation around it the, the other guys you know that you mentioned you know treadwell docks and those kind of guys they're just hadn't there, there's been a few things but very very seldom flashes where parker always kind of kept people having that little bit of hope and i think last year was probably one of the seasons where you know people just decided it's not going to happen and then it actually did happen there was always talk every year before that this was the year for Devontae parker um, and it obviously uh, last year was that year i have a, a lot of caution with it um you know i think there was a you know for all of what we i joked about on the way in about ryan fitzpatrick you know he is somebody who gets fantasy points he is somebody who throws the ball without fear of interceptions without fear of repercussions um and i think that fits magic probably is something that is uh, scientifically proven but when when we see him and they're taking those chances and throwing those a bit like what we see with Jameis winston it's great for fantasy production uh but you know i don't think that we're likely going to see they're going i think they're going to try and again like we talked about um when we talked about joe burrow when we talked about the chargers i think we're going to see teams maybe try and get the the rookie on there as early as it can and i don't think we'll see that just like let's go for it gung-ho attitude um quite as much as we would see with fitzpatrick so i think we might see a reduction from that perspective and i, I just don't know if it's you know the sample size versus the rest of his career is going to average it out so i i have a lot of doubts around uh parker and him his ability as well based on what you mentioned there and the players who have followed up in the, the subsequent seasons um and if we the players i mentioned that are going in that region uh where he is going for example um he's going ahead of stefan diggs um he's going ahead of jarvis landry he's going ahead of tyler boyd I would much rather have either of those three guys or even Will Fuller or Michael Gallup who are all going as the subsequent picks after him. 
So I, I don't think uh, we'll have a lot of Devontae Parker this season. What's your thoughts on uh, it happening again in 2020? Do you think it's, it's something that's unlikely or, you know, I'm just going to, I just have uh, a little bit of, quite a lot of doubt actually that it's going to happen again this year. He could certainly be thrown off by the change in quarterback that we would assume happens at some point during the season. Such a challenge for a young quarterback to be thrown into the mix during this particular campaign. Fitzpatrick, a guy who, very similar to Jameis Winston, will elevate those guys, at least from a fantasy perspective. I do like Parker, though, when you look at those 246 points, when you look at the fact that Yes, we have the 200-point threshold sort of as our fun breakout threshold. It tends to give us a wide receiver two finish, which is what we really want to see from these guys if we want to talk about them being established uh, stud fantasy performers. But when you start to get into that 240, 250-point range, then even once you lose points off of that, right, you have the natural regression that you might expect. Maybe you miss a game or two from injuries. You're still talking about someone who is scoring both on a full season basis and a per game basis at the level where they're very playable, even if there are some slip ups. And so while I'll also be targeting other players in that range, I don't think that he's a bad value. And I am excited to see what he can do again this season. If for no other reason, like you said, he's one of those guys who will author some highlight plays. We'd like to see those guys in the highlights. The Dolphins definitely need him, and we want as many of these teams to be good offensively as possible to create that fun fantasy landscape. I think the question then, when we're looking at how we can use this information and how we can target new breakout wide receivers, we have to be balancing the fact that we have seen this early round pick breakout with the fact that for the most part, we're still looking at these later round guys. Now, the problem is that 2020 is not a good season to be picking from that group. The fifth-year wide receiver breakout is the least frequent among these, these first five classes. But at the same time, over the last nine years, we have had nine of those breakouts, and they've been relatively consistent, right? They've, there's been at least one in seven of the nine seasons. Looking at that, we might expect someone from this group to break out this year. But if we're looking at that, the two people who really jumped out to us are Will Fuller and Sterling Shepard. Both of those guys were top 40 picks, and each of them have posted a wide receiver too from a points-per-game perspective. But both players are still very much question marks, very much unestablished in terms of being true NFL stars, certainly fantasy studs, because they haven't been able to maintain it for a full season because of health. And so when we look at these two guys, we have to ask the question, are they a value because we've seen it on a per game basis to an extent, or are these guys people who, again, just simply will not stay healthy? Now with Shepard, we have that real concern about the opportunity if everybody stays healthy, right? If Tate is hurt, if Ingram is hurt, then the opportunity is there. If everybody is healthy, maybe that comes into play to where he has both a target challenge and the health challenge. Fuller is almost on the other end of the equation where, yes, they brought in a Randall Cobb, who is still a solid NFL player. Yes, you traded for Brandon Cooks, who flashes at times. But Will Fuller looks like the player who, if someone is going to rescue this Houston passing attack after the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, if someone is going to be the new go-to guy for Deshaun Watson, that it'll be Will Fuller, right? We have Fuller, someone who not drafted super early because he's been so unreliable, but if everything were to break right, 
then he could be one of the biggest league winners in all of the 2020 season. So looking at those guys, would you consider Fuller Shepard to be a little bit more established than I'm saying? Do you think that their values at ADP? You've mentioned that Shepard is someone that you have on a lot of your rosters. Yeah, I, I think in Fuller, I actually have on more rosters than Shepard. So that, that'll show you where I feel on Will Fuller. Fuller, for me, since he came into the NFL, has been somebody who, if he could avoid those soft tissue injuries, which at this point of his career, I don't know if he can. Uh, he, as you mentioned, has been in uh, you know, a consistent mode of points per game and, and how he's done over that time. So I think both of those guys, it's, it's more injury related, whereas with somebody like Parker breaking out previously, it was more just that things weren't working, whether that was offensively, whether it was quarterback, whether it was him himself. I think both of these guys, it's been time off the field has caused their breakouts not to happen. Um, I think that both of these guys, if they stay healthy, in my opinion uh, are both definitely top 24 wide receivers and i think they both have upside to be top 12 wide receivers i think it's more likely for fuller um i think from a dynasty perspective i prefer fuller as well based on just the lack of concussions i think shepherd with the concussions is uh, is a huge concern had two concussions during last season so you know he's at the point where another one or two and that could be um, you know close to the end of the road in terms of an NFL career for him so I prefer Fuller over Shepard but what we've seen with Shepard is that he's been very very consistent when he's been healthy he's had a very healthy target share when he's been healthy and uh, Will Fuller when he's healthy is one of the most explosive playmakers in the NFL you know obviously Tyreek Hill's at the the top end of that but will fuller somebody who can make those plays as well and like we we just have to look at those i can't remember what week it was last year the the three touchdown game he had you know i think it was 52 points he finished within that and i remember talking about that with you last year um the the upside of of both of these guys is is tremendous and i would be drafting both of them in redraft for redraft purposes with with very little fear but i think will fuller is the one that has the clearest path because as we talked about in the show earlier this week there's a lot of uh pieces on that giants um giants offense at the moment and there's a lot of history of injuries and and missing time but maybe that works out for for shepherd if he's the one that doesn't miss time but very very happy to draft either of these guys at their current adp and I wouldn't be surprised if talking this time next year, Sean, we could have we could have two more guys to add to that list. I think both of these guys could could break out this year. Um, do you have as much confidence in, in both of them as I would have? I think it's going to be very interesting. I have Fuller on almost all of my dynasty teams, so I've been a little bit more <laughs> conservative in terms of taking him for redraft just to create a little bit of balance, even if it's balanced across formats. But I think that you know he he just has so much upside you you think of that 50 point game and there are very few wide receivers who separate at will at the nfl level it's just not something you can do the defenses are too good the defensive backs are too good the 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 overall strategy and schemes that they use to take away those deep guys is too good right and so you don't see those big plays from people uh, you know, other than Hill and, and Fuller and some guys like that. I think that with some of the players they brought in to fill out that depth chart a little bit, that'll be just enough to take the pressure off him. It'll be just enough to let Deshaun Watson spread the ball around, move the ball down the field. I think this Watson is still going to have a big season. The Texans offense is still going to be very successful as a passing offense. And that's important because it'll put Fuller in position to uh, – 
potentially score a lot of touchdowns. You want to have a guy, we know that the touchdown scoring is going to be inconsistent. It's going to vary game to game, season to season, but you still want to have a high powered offense that puts people in the position as often as possible so that you could have that extreme upside. If you were to have a 12, 13, 14 touchdown season, obviously that would be a fantasy winning season. And you only get that if you both have a good player and a good offense. We want that for the Texans. Before we finish here, Colm, I just wanted to ask you quickly, we've talked a lot about how the fifth year is really the season for those underdogs, for the unknowns, for the players who have fought to stick around and finally try and get themselves in a better situation. I don't think this is a good year for those guys when I search the screener, search the different characteristics that these players tend to have before they break out. It's just very, very thin. Yeah, I still do have a trio of deep, deep sleepers that I want to ask you about. See if you're targeting any of these guys, perhaps in the FFPC best ball format where you go 28 rounds deep, you got to target some deep guys. So Demarcus Robinson, Kansas City, Rashard Higgins, re-signed by the Browns and supposedly had Mayfield uh, strongly in his corner arguing for him to get re-signed. Tajay Sharp, somebody we really liked out of college, had an immediate opportunity couldn't quite take advantage of it with the Titans, but flashed a little bit at the end of last season. And now he's the guy who has moved teams. He's gone over to this Viking squad who needs a variety of players to help fill the Stefan Diggs vacuum. None of those guys expected to be top two players in terms of a starter in two wide sets. At the same time, each of them does project to have some opportunity. Each of them has had at least one 100-point season they were players who probably came to the NFL undervalued out of college. Are these guys who could take the next step? Any of those three players, someone you'd be targeting in deep leagues? The one that I think you mentioned them, you know, not being uh, kind of starting off as one of the top two options at wide receiver. The one I think could filter into that would be Ty J. Sharp. I think there's less, uh, you know, room in front of him to, to stop him getting to one of those positions where he's going to get opportunities. I think with Demarcus Robinson, like, I, you know, I like what he was able to do last year with the Chiefs. And I just think that there's too many options in front of him before he gets to that. Like, you know, you're, you're going like McCall Hardman, Tyreek Hill, even then we're looking at the wider or the tight end position, Travis Kelsey. There's just, you know, Sammy Watkins is still there. There's so many options. Similar with uh, Higgins as well. I think those sharp has a chance to get into those kind of splits you know even without injury uh, and he would be the one i would be aiming for out of those three guys would you have any of the other two over him or would you see a similar path to success for him i think robinson probably is the most interesting if you're looking at a best ball format because we do know that those guys score a ton of big plays uh, with mahomes there he could score the 60 yard touchdown the 70 yard touchdown he could have that game where he has three touchdowns i think that in a redraft format where you're more looking for someone who could actually emerge then sharp would probably be the guy uh we do expect adam Thielen to still be a solid player we expect justin jefferson to be uh if not a true breakout as a rookie at least a, a competent exciting player as a rookie we expect Irv smith to maybe have his step forward breakout role certainly dalvin cook is going to take a lot of those receptions out of the backfield but even with that being the case sharp does look like someone who if things would work out here if he is the guy 
uh, that he's looked like at different points, this this would be an opportunity. And maybe it's something where if you're playing in a deep league and you might sometimes need to start four or five, six wide receivers if you've got a bunch of flexes or you're looking ahead to the bye weeks, someone not necessarily to draft, but definitely have him on your watch list. He could be that guy who emerges as the key to surviving a one-point victory in week nine, week 10, something like that. Uh, all three of these guys I like and like what they've done. Uh, just like we were talking about, it, it's going to be a difficult year for any of these late round guys. They just don't have anyone who was in that 150, 160 point range last season. And now it looks like they're finally ready to step into a starting role. We don't have that kind of guy this year yeah i think they could be like that as well Um, that's going to do us for the second show of the week it's uh, been two very good episodes this week i hope you've enjoyed them if you haven't listened to the first one yet head on over listen to that make sure you subscribe to the feed to get the shows once they go out we will be back next week with two more shows and of course you can subscribe to the main feed as well the the there's there's usually one or two shows every single day going up on the the road of his radio main feed and you can check out all the individual shows as well but lots of good content coming out there from the team on a daily basis my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel and as always make sure you're checking out the phenomenal work that sean does up on the rotaviz.com website leave us a written and review on your favorite podcast app and until we're back next week with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.